Chapter 14 Mr. Ready to Halt and His Companions If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Matthew 17, 20 When faith first begins in the soul, it is like a grain of mustard seed, of which the Saviour said it was the least of all seeds. Then, as God the Holy Spirit is pleased to water it with the sacred moisture of His grace, it germinates and grows and begins to spread, until at last it becomes a great tree. To use another example, when faith begins in the soul, it is simply looking unto Jesus, and perhaps even then there are so many clouds of doubt and so much dimness of the eye that we have need for the light of the Spirit to shine upon the cross before we are able even to so much as see it. When faith grows a little, it rises from looking to Christ to coming to Christ. He who stands afar off and looks to the cross gains courage in time, and, finding courage, he runs up to the cross. Or maybe he doesn't run, but has to be drawn before he can so much as crawl there, and even then it is with a limp that he draws near to Christ the Saviour. But, having done that, faith goes a little farther. It lays hold on Christ. It begins to see Him in His excellency, appropriates Him in some degree, conceives Him to be a real Christ and a real Saviour, and is convinced of His suitability. When it has done that much, it goes even farther. It leans on Christ. It leans on its Beloved. It casts all the burden of its cares, sorrows, and griefs upon that blessed shoulder and permits all its sins to be swallowed up in the great Red Sea of the Saviour's blood. Faith can go farther still, for having seen and having run toward Him, having laid hold upon Him, and having leaned upon Him, faith next puts in a humble but a sure and certain claim to all that Christ is and all that He has done. Then, trusting in this alone, appropriating all this to itself, faith rises to full assurance, and outside of heaven there is no condition more joyful and blessed. However, faith is only very small, and there are some Christians who never get out of little faith the entire time they are here. You notice in John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress how many little faiths he mentions. There is our old friend Ready to Halt, who went all the way to the celestial city on crutches, but left them when he went into the river Jordan. Then there is little Feeble Mind, who carried his feeble mind with him all the way to the banks of the river and then left it, ordering it to be buried in a dunghill so that no one could inherit it. Then there is Mr. Fearing, who used to stumble over a straw and was always frightened if he saw a drop of rain because he thought the floods of heaven were let loose upon him. You might remember Mr. Despondency and Miss Much Afraid, who were so long locked up in the dungeon of giant despair that they were almost starved to death, and there was little left of them but skin and bone. Then there was poor Mr. Feeblemind, who had been taken into the cave of giant Slaygood, who was about to eat him when Greatheart came to his deliverance. John Bunyan was a very wise man. He has put a great many of those characters in his book because there are a great many of them. He has not left us with one Mr. Ready to Halt, 
but he has given us seven or eight specific characters because he himself in his own time had been one of them, and he had known many others who had walked in the same path. Little faith is just as sure of heaven as great faith. When Jesus Christ counts up his jewels at the last day, he will take to himself the little pearls as well as the great ones. If a diamond is never so small, it is still precious because it is a diamond. So will faith be, no matter how small, if it is true faith. Christ will never lose even the smallest jewel of his crown. Little faith is always sure of heaven because the name of little faith is in the book of eternal life. Little faith was chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Little faith was bought with the blood of Christ, and he cost just as much as great faith. For every man a shekel was the price of redemption. Every man, whether great or small, prince or peasant, had to redeem himself with a shekel. Christ has bought all, both little and great, with the same most precious blood. Little faith is always sure of heaven, for God has begun the good work in him, and he will carry it on. God loves him, and he will love him unto the end. God has provided a crown for him, and he will not allow the crown to hang there without a head. He has erected for him a mansion in heaven, and he will not allow the mansion to stand unoccupied forever. Little faith is always safe, but he very seldom knows it. He is sometimes afraid of hell. He is very often afraid that the wrath of God abides on him. He will tell you that the country on the other side of the flood can never belong to a worm as low as he is. Sometimes it is because he feels himself so unworthy, and another time it is because the things of God are too good to be true, he says, or he cannot think they can be true to someone like him. Sometimes he is afraid that he is not elect. Another time he fears that he has not been called in the right way, and that he has not come to Christ properly. Another time his fears are that he will not hold on to the end, that he will not be able to persevere. If you kill a thousand of his fears, he is sure to have many more by tomorrow, for unbelief is one of those things that you cannot destroy. It has, says Bunyan, as many lives as a cat. You can kill it over and over again, but it still lives. It is one of those strong weeds that sleep in the soil even after it has burned, and it only needs a little encouragement to grow again. Great faith, though, is sure of heaven, and he knows it. He climbs Mount Pisgah's top and views the landscape over. He drinks in the mysteries of paradise even before he enters within the pearly gates. He sees the streets that are paved with gold. He beholds the walls of the city, the foundations whereof are precious stones. He hears the mystic music of the glorified and begins to smell on earth the perfumes of heaven. However, poor little faith can hardly look at the sun. He very seldom sees the light. He gropes in the valley, and while all is safe, he always thinks himself unsafe. Strong faith can well dispute with the enemy. Satan comes along and says, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Matthew 4, 9. No, we say, you cannot give us all these things, for they are ours already. 
No, he says, but you are poor, naked, and miserable. True, we say to him, but still these things are ours, and it is good for us to be poor and without earthly goods, or else our Father would give them to us. Oh, says Satan, you deceive yourselves. You have no portion in these things, but if you will serve me, I will make you rich and happy here. Strong faith says, Serve you, you fiend, go away. Do you offer me silver? God gives me gold. Do you say to me, I will give you this if you disobey? Fool that you are, I have a thousand times as great wages for my obedience as you can offer for my disobedience. But when Satan meets little faith, he says to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Matthew 4, 6. And poor little faith is so afraid that he is not a son of God that he is very inclined to cast himself down at the idea. There, says Satan, I will give you all this if you will disobey. Little faith says, I am not quite sure that I am a child of God and that I have a portion among those who are sanctified. And he is very inclined to fall into sin by reason of the littleness of his faith. Yet at the same time, I must observe that I have seen some little faiths who are far less likely to fall into sin than others. They have been so cautious that they dared not put one foot before the other because they were afraid they would take a wrong step. They hardly even dared to open their lips, but they prayed, O Lord, open thou my lips. Psalm 51 15. Afraid that they would let a wrong word out if they were to speak. They have a very tender conscience and are always afraid that they will fall into sin unconsciously. Well, I like people who are like that. I have sometimes thought that little faith stays nearer to Christ than any other. A person who is very near drowning is sure to hold the plank all the tighter with the grasp of a drowning man, which tightens and becomes more clenched the more his hope is decreased. Little faith may be kept from falling, but this is the fruit of tender conscience and not of little faith. Careful walking is not the result of little faith. It might go with it, and so might keep little faith from perishing, but little faith is in itself a dangerous thing, laying us open to innumerable temptations and taking away very much of our strength to resist them. Scripture the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10. And if that joy ceases, you become weak and very inclined to turn aside. Little faiths have many nights and few days, very long winters and very short summers, and many screams but very little shouting. They often play upon the pipe mourning, but very seldom sound the trumpet in exultation. Maybe the only way in which most people get their faith increased is by great trouble. We don't grow strong in faith on sunshine days. It's only in strong weather that a person gets faith. Faith is not an attainment that drops like the gentle dew from heaven. It generally comes in the whirlwind and the storm. Look at the old oaks. How is it that they have become so deeply rooted in the earth? Ask the March winds, and they will tell you. It's not the April showers that did it, or the sweet May sunshine, but it was March's rough wind, 
the blustering month of the north winds shook the tree to and fro, and caused the roots to bind themselves around the rocks. So must it be with us. We don't make great soldiers in the barracks at home. Great soldiers must be made amid flying bullets and thundering cannons. We cannot expect to make good sailors on the Serpentine Lake. Good sailors must be made far away on the deep sea, where the wild winds howl and the thunders roll like drums in the march of the God of Armies. Storms and tempests are the things that make men tough and rugged mariners. They see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. So it is with Christians. Great faith must have great trials. Mr. Greatheart would never have been Mr. Greatheart if he had not once been Mr. Great Trouble. Valiant for truth would never have put to flight those enemies, and would never have been so valiant if the enemy had not first attacked him. So it is with us. We must expect great trouble before we will attain to much faith.